You're listening to the Rapid Realization Podcast, where we discuss the mind, body, and everything on healing from within, for you to get inspired to finding your own inner wisdom, to be more self-actualized and become aware of your highest potential. And I'm your host, Dr. Anne-Marie Belkansky, a certified clinical hypnotherapist and mind coach at Rapid Realization, and I welcome you. So let's begin. Welcome to today's episode, and let's talk about self-esteem. And how can you tell if you have low self-esteem or high self-esteem? Well, true self-esteem is innate. It's undeniable, and it's independent of anyone's opinion. So if you have really high self-esteem, then honestly, it's very independent from someone else or from others' opinions. So even if they... um you know, told you that they're proud of you or that they, you know, praise you or say something. I mean, of course, it's really nice that someone acknowledges or says something to you. However, true self-esteem is independent and undeniable from anyone's opinion and cannot be diminished by criticism nor increased even by praise. Now, to gain self-esteem, there must have been some sense of victories in the past, no matter how small there was some things that you can look back to and say, hey, wow, I did that. Major influences of self-esteem are childhood rearing styles um, from your parents or your caregivers and also your present day thoughts that you have. Now, there's two types of self-esteem. There's uh, situational self-esteem, and that's related to specific areas or specific skills, like maybe within your career or um, your talents and what you can do. So you have very self-esteem in, in that area. So it's very, again, situational. And then you have the second type of self-esteem, which is characterological. And that is basic identity. It is your core beliefs of yourself, uh, characterological. And low self-esteem can manifest in many different ways. And I want to bring this up just so we can be aware of it, of how it can come through. Sometimes I'll be conversing with someone about, you know, maybe their partner or um, a friend and you hear how they react with certain situations like this this person. And and I could almost immediately be like, wow, it sounds like this person has really low self-esteem. And they'll be like, oh my God, absolutely. How did you know that? <laughs> and you just you you just just the way that they're reacting, it's it's this um low self-worth of of one that that is causing them to behave that way. Something happened in the past, either through their child rearing or parent, parents or caregiving or or their thought patterns. You could just kind of hear it in their response. And so when I go through this, I'm, I'm doing it in order to help you become aware of maybe how self-esteem is being manifest for those around you. So we can start to look at that and help um, help work on those things because we cannot help and heal ourselves or transform anything within us if we're not aware of what that is. So here are 10 ways that low self-esteem can manifest in your life or with others. So number one, being overly defensive. And a lot of these examples are going to surround people that are being defensive or protective because they, they there's like this inner part of them that feels they need to protect 
to protect whatever self-worth that they do have. And so they'll become guarded and reactive. So number one is over-defensive. Number two is a blowing up easily or having a short fuse, a very reactive reaction in order to protect a part of them. Number three is uh, losing friends easily or, you know, seeing um, connections being lost very easily because of, you know, either being offended or reactive or um, simply withdrawing, which is a coping skill um, to avoid being further hurt. So it's, again, someone protecting themselves. Number four, being cold or distant. So again, this goes back to withdrawing. Um, Some of these are kind of overlapping, but if you're cold or distant or come into contact with others that are cold or distant, it may be because they're trying to protect themselves or again, they they feel self-conscious to express themselves or not open and just feel like a lot of self-doubt within themselves. Number five, being anxious or on guard when meeting new people, um, concerned usually about judgment of themselves, um, concerned of other people's opinion about themselves. So very anxious or on guard when meeting new people. And number six is someone that is afraid to try or finish new things. Number seven is inadequate to cope with life's anxieties. Number eight is inability to cope with interpersonal problems. Number nine is fear of challenges or taking risk. And number 10 is inability to ask for what you need or others afraid of asking for what they need. So these are just a few examples. Uh, of course, there's other ways that it can come through, but these are some common ones on how self, low self-esteem can come through for, from yourself or from others. And once we can become fully aware that this is really a reflection of someone's worth of themselves, not you know, if someone's behaving this way and we can start to see it, then maybe we can understand that it's not you. It may be them that's just reacting this way. So if someone is very guarded, then maybe you'll be able to recognize that it's really has nothing to do with you. It may be because of their self-worth of themselves and they just, you know, not they have low self-esteem. So then maybe you can approach it with more understanding of where they're coming from and why. So I want to now switch the dialogue regarding how we can improve our self-esteem. There's a a psychotherapist by the name of Dr. Nathaniel Brendan who wrote about this in a book called The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem. And he really discussed how or interpreted that self-esteem is a fundamental human psychological need and that this need, if not appropriately acquired, will turn into Um, anxiety, stress, depression, and, and, you know, emotional dysregulation. And he identified that there were these six essential components within someone's life that will help create this need, this self-esteem need. Um, And I want to go through those here so we can start to move forward in our own nurturing of our self-esteem through these six pillars. Starting with number one, living consciously. Now, again, if you've listened to my past podcast before, then you've probably heard this over and over and over, but you can't change something if you're not aware of something. And so having full awareness of self and others and the things around you is going to help you grow the most. Living consciously is that. Living consciously is being aware of the inner dialogue that we're having. It's being aware and understanding of what you're feeling. 
I mean, that is a really common one that we really don't even know what we feel. So one of the first questions that I asked my clients when I first see them one-on-one is, how do you feel? And there's usually an immediate reaction like, oh, I feel good or um, I feel I feel good or fine. And then I ask them, well, how do you know? And it, it always surprises them because they have this like deer caught in the headlight look like, wow, that's such a good question. Like, how do I know? And then they start to listen within their body because I ask them, I'm like, well, tell me what your body feels for you to know that you're feeling good or that you're feeling comfortable or that you're feeling relaxed or that you're this. And, you know, just to, and the only purpose of that is really just to have them have this inward reflection of like, oh, this is what I feel. And it's just having that conscious awareness of self, of what you feel, what you're thinking and what um, is going on around you. So the first pillar is that, which is living consciously. The second pillar is self-acceptance. Once we are aware of our thoughts, our behaviors, and our actions, or our beliefs, and even the negative parts of us, then we accept everything. We accept all aspects of who we are without judgment or denial. We don't disown parts of us. We see that, okay, this is a part of me, no matter how much you would or would not want it. Acceptance is having compassion and respecting ourselves and all that makes up who we are. We may not admire or enjoy some of our feelings or decisions, but we don't refuse who we are. We accept fully and completely all aspects of who we are. Now, pillar number three is self-responsibility. To be self-responsible is to recognize that we are the creator of our life. We are the author of our story, and we do have choices. We always have choices all around us that we must be the ultimate source of our own personal fulfillment, that no one is going to come along and make our lives right for us, that we have the ability to make ourselves our life right, to make ourselves happy, or to give us our own self-esteem, our self-worth. And I love this pillar because, you know, that's what I'm doing in the office with my clients is I'm helping them to see that they can give themselves what maybe they did not receive at one point in the, in their lives to be able to recognize that we can all reparent ourselves, we can help ourselves. And that's empowering when you recognize that you can give yourself what you thought that you may have needed from someone else. And it's a new way to be able to take full responsibility for yourself, to help yourself and recognize that you are responsible for your life so you can change it. You change it even by simply listening to podcasts or educating yourself and reading books, finding a facilitator, or just simply understanding who you are, your mind. These are all just different examples of taking responsibility, taking action for your life because you are the creator of it. Nobody else is going to create it. So we can't sit and wait for maybe that fairy tale partnership in order to make us happy. No, we need to learn how to make ourselves happy first so that we can be happy even in a partnership Next pillar is pillar number four, which is self-assertiveness. Now, to be self-assertive is to really honor our wants and needs, to look for their appropriate forms of expression in this reality. It's to live our values in this world, to be willing to be who we are and allow others to see it, to stand up for our conversations, for our thoughts, for our expressions, for our feelings. It's to be just very honoring of really who we are. And we do that by do, by being self-assertive. 
Now, this is one that I've even had people get a bit confused about in regards to, oh, what is being assertive versus being maybe um, bitchy or a bitch, <laughs> for example. Like, I'm just being being rude. Um, being assertive is, you know, just being good to yourself first and foremost. And if someone else can't really acknowledge that or or is not okay with that because they're seeing it as selfish or, or seeing it as you being mean or rude, then that's for, that's on them. We have to be kind to ourselves and respect how we feel with assertiveness because it is our right to be able to express ourselves, to express our feelings, our thoughts. That's our right to choose. And so this assertiveness is basically just honoring our wants, our needs, and to look at the appropriate ways that we can be able to express this. Pillar number five is living purposefully and identifying what brings purpose in your life. What are those goals? What are your intentions? The why? And taking action to do that so that you can live purposefully. Each action every day and anything that you do is taking you closer and closer to a life of fulfillment. So no matter how small it needs to start, that you just take action in a purposeful manner. What you'll find is pretty empowering to recognize that, hey, if I have an intention, I take actionable steps with a particular purpose, then you will see results. It's inevitable. If you continue to take purposeful action, you will get results and that will empower you even more to recognize that you are a creator of your life. So you're not only taking responsibility and taking actions, you're now living purposefully. And pillar number six, the last one is personal integrity. And integrity basically means that we walk the walk and we talk the talk. <laughs> that whatever you preach, you do. How can I sit here and promote meditation if I've never meditated? <laughs> How can I sit here and promote hypnotherapy if I've never done hypnotherapy? It's having that alignment with what I say I do and I am. And if you have ever maybe told a lie or um, maybe not been genuine with what you said you're going to do, then I don't know if you ever noticed that that will eat at you. And if we stay true to our word and our actions, it's basically aligning with what we say we do, we do. And having this principle of value of our actions. It's these principles of behavior to which our action will be loyal to. So there you have it. Those are the six pillars of self-esteem. And if you enjoyed this breakdown, go ahead and check out that book so you can learn more. Until next time, thanks for listening. And I hope you gain some newfound insights or realizations. If you would like future alerts on new episodes, be sure to hit the subscribe. You can also join me, your host, on Instagram to continue this conversation, ask questions, or just to give us feedback because we love hearing from you, the listener. Just search in the handle Ann Balkansky, or you can check below in the show notes all of our social media links as well as how else you can get connected. Until next time, have a great one.